go through that. I don't want my friends to have to go through this and that. I just want to obey you and just do what you want me to do because I know if I don't, he's going to stir up trouble. He knows how to get us to pray. I don't want to wait till I'm in trouble to pray. I want to pray before the trouble comes. Daniel was already praying before he got in the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys was already praying before they got into the fiery furnace. I don't want to just start praying when stuff is wrong. I want to pray before it because you see, when you start praying before stuff is wrong, when stuff is wrong, it's like you don't even notice it. When I'm spiritual and I'm living for God and I'm praying and I'm walking the power of his might, things is going haywire and I don't notice it. I'm just still marching along. I'm just still stepping because I'm in the will of God. I'm walking according to his will. If somebody will walk according to his will, if somebody will trust him, if somebody will follow after him, then you won't have to worry about God stirring stuff up in your life. I don't want to live my life crying and begging God. Crying, begging God, help me Jesus, help me Jesus. Somebody that's crying, help me Jesus, probably no good to God. Because if you need help from him, you can't help him. If you if, if you in a place where you got to be crying, Lord, help me, you're not doing nothing for him. But if you can be in a place where you and him is just tight and you roll with the flow, with the flow and, and everything is good, you, you you on the offensive and doing the things God wants you to do. And so when things are going wrong, you would say, ah, he got that. God will take care of it. When we aren't praying, we don't think like that. Isn't it amazing? God will, God will take care of his children. He's going to take care of you. God will cause issue to come your way and still keep you from the issues. <laughs> you can't figure him out. He will allow stuff to come your way and still protect you from the stuff when it's time to pray. He'll let it come right down, right down like it's about to destroy you. Then he'll step in. So he'll allow things to come your way, but he'll still protect you. But what God wants from us is for us to just walk and go on the offensive. He says he got our back. The Lord says, I will fight your battles. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. We don't have to worry about protecting ourselves, but we will worry about protecting ourselves when we're not doing what God said do. Oh, when we're not praying like we should, all we do is go around and say, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. Lord, and then we make the deals. Mama Allen know about the deals. Then we make the deal. God, if you get me through this, I promise I'll serve you. That's the deal. Listen, we've doing that for a long time. That's how she got in the church. That's, that's how Sister Allen got saved. She made a deal with God. She was sick and she needed to get through her surgery. So she said, God, if you heal my body and get me through this surgery, I'll serve you. Guess what? She got through it. Everything was good. She forgot all about God. <laughs> she forgot all about Jesus. Then Jesus visited her and said, tapped her on the shoulder. I, I thought you said, uh, if I get you through this and I heal you, you're going to serve me. <laughs> then she got on the right track and started serving God. See, that's how good God is. But do you want him to have to let stuff happen for you? To, no, just let's get on board right now. Let's just trust God right now. Let's just live for God the right way and not be religious. God needs people that are godly, that are in a relationship with him, not people that are religious that come to church on Sunday. We can't come to church on Sunday and Sunday, Sundays and make it. I know during the week you might pray a little bit. I know during the week you might, you know, 
watch a little something on TV that's spiritual. I know during the week, you know, you do some little things. But relationship don't mean you're checking real strong on one day and then all the other days you're casually just getting by. When you're in relationship, every day you're in relationship. And so we need to get involved in a real relationship with God. Thirst. What does it mean to thirst? What is this whole thirsting all about? Uh, Tom, you might, you correct me if I'm wrong later on in any of this because I'm getting in areas that uh, I shouldn't be going in. But Thirst is one of man's physiological needs that are basic requirement for continued existence. So as man and even as animals, it's a physiological need that are basic requirements for continued existence. It is the craving of fluids resulting in the basic instinct to drink. Our body is composed of five liters of fluid. Blood is two liters and about three liters is water. When we eat or drink, we take in water in our body in various forms, no matter how thirsty or how much water we take in our body, the amount of water in our blood remains the same. Then why do we feel thirsty? In our daily activity, such as running, walking, playing, urinating, sweating, or check this out, or even breathing, we lose water. So for Tom and Stanley White and all you smart people, maybe even Daryl that know about water, I know you all say, what, drink eight glasses of water a day? Well, according to what I understand, depending on how water comes from you will depend on how much water you need. Understood that. Understand that. But depending on how water leaves you, water might leave me a lot because I'm doing a lot. So water will come out. I need to, you know, keep doing that. So if I'm if if I'm exercising throughout the whole day, for instance, if I'm if I'm if I'm at the gym and I'm working out, you know, you know, three, four hours, you know, I'm going to need more water than someone that just do the basic through the rest of their day. So, yes, we need eight glass of water per day minimum. But. It's different for everybody. And I'm bringing that point out because everybody have a different level of thirst. I understand that. But the point is, you should be thirsty for Jesus. It says here, the amount of water that we lose must be replaced to make the water in our body constant. This loss of water is registered in the brain and sends signals to the mouth and throat. This is a time that we feel thirsty. So here is what's happening, and God made things like this. Our brain works like this, Chanel. What happens is when we become thirsty, the signal sends to our brain, the, the, our body sends the signal to our brain to say, you are thirsty, and you need to drink, and that's what we need to do. And so the question is, we need to ask ourselves, are we thirsty? Are we putting in, the, are we drinking what we need to drink to make sure 
we are constant, to make sure we have enough fluid in our bodies, to make sure we, we, we're, we're healthy enough. It's amazing that the Bible used that word thirst. It's amazing because none of us can live without water for a very long period of time. Yes. So if we can't live without water because of thirst, I wonder why they made the comparison in Psalms as the deer panted after the water brook. Soul panted my soul after you, O Lord. I believe the writer is trying to tell us just like the deer can't do without the water or man can't do without water, man can't do without Jesus. Our soul needs to be thirsty for Jesus. We need to understand that whether we feel it or not, as my brother said, before you become thirsty, you already, before you become dehydrated, you already been dehydrated. By the time the signal gets to the brain, you you are already dehydrated because what happens is the body is dehydrated and sends the signal to the mind and then you know to drink. So it means that you are dehydrated first, then the signal comes, then you do something. See, the same thing is with our soul. You may not know you thirsty because the signal might not have gotten to the brain yet that your soul needs Jesus. But I'm telling you this morning, your soul needs Jesus. Whether you think you're thirsty or not, I'm telling you, your soul needs Jesus. And until we drink, our soul is crying out and thirsty for Jesus. Before you go any further and say, yeah, I know I'm thirsty and I'm I'm getting Jesus. Don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to say this anyhow. You tell yourself, ask yourself, where in your life are you going out of your way for Jesus? You ask yourself, what kind of, uh, what are you doing with your life to say, my goodness, I really didn't want to do that. But because of Jesus, I I really didn't want to go there. But because of Jesus, I really didn't want to do that. But because of Jesus, what? is in your life that you have made yourself go out your way to do because you know it's a need and I must do this and I'm telling you we'll find out we're not doing enough we're not going out of our way enough which means we're not admitting that we're thirsty we're not admitting that we're thirsty When you start to go out your way, when you start to do things that you're saying, I really didn't want to do that, but I'm going to do it anyhow for Jesus, that's when you begin to admit that you're thirsty. You see, if we stay thirsty, sooner or later, we're going to die. The scary thing is, sometimes we end up dying, and we become dead men and dead women walking, and we don't know we're dead. We're we telling ourselves that we're okay, and we don't know that we're dead because we never acknowledge that our soul. You see, the soul, your soul thirsts for Jesus. Why do your soul thirst for Jesus? Because it came from him. He created man, and he breathed the breath into man, and man became a living soul. 
your soul came from Jesus. And anything comes from something, it longs for that something. If you came from Jesus, your soul, which it did, came from Jesus. It means your soul is longing and thirsting for God. Whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you say it's true or not, whether you acknowledge or not, your soul is thirsting for Jesus. And whether you let your soul drink or not, your soul is dehydrated. And so the question is, you're just going to let your soul be dehydrated? You're going to live thirsty? You're going to just continue to just do your thing and say, hey, it is what it is? Or you're going to do something about the thirst that is deep down in your soul? Are you going to acknowledge that thirst? Are you going to respond to the thirst that's deep down in your soul? Or will you ignore the Lord? Will you cast off what the Lord is trying to do? Will you say, God, I know, you know, that, that I should be doing this, but, but it means that you're not acknowledging the thirst. And God wants for you to drink. Somebody says, time to drink. We, we can't go any longer without water. We can't go any longer without water. We, we need to drink because God is trying to get us to a place where we will thirst for him and we will go after him and we will seek after him because only he can really satisfy your soul. Nobody can satisfy your soul. There is, there is nothing that you can get in life that will satisfy your soul. Talk to some rich people. There's so many rich people that are lonely, so many rich people that are empty. They got all the money in the world, but they're empty. You go talk to them, you know. Just told you about judges, you know. They, they, they're the ones that's making ruling on who go to jail and for how long. But, but you know what? They, they're empty. Their life is saying, I don't like doing this. This is driving me crazy every day. I have to make ruling on these things. And some of them have become just, just, just callous to it. But, but that's not what they want. And so we have these authoritative position and we have money and we're still deep down inside empty. There's still something missing. There's still a need. Well, I'm here to tell you today that need that you have no matter what's going on in your life uh, that need that you have uh, is your soul uh, thirsting for Jesus uh, it's your soul saying I want more uh, I want God in my life uh, that's your soul that's why you're still empty and wondering well, well I'm not satisfied well I'm not happy as soon as I think I'm getting what I want why all of a sudden it's just not working out for me why I don't feel like this is what it should be I told you I learned a long time that what you think you need when you finally get it is not really what you thought it was. I'm telling you. And I remember Grand Canyon. Everybody thought it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's amazing. And I went and I said, what is this? I wasted my time driving all, because it's up like, you know, high. I know we, we was in, I think we was in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we had to drive through you know, Flagstaff and boom, boom, and up this. It was like all of that. We, we drove, I think, maybe four hours from where we were to go to the canyon. And I got there. I looked down, looked around. Okay, so yeah, we can't, you know, man didn't carve out all this stuff, but so what? Especially when you know God. You're like, all right, well, what? 
And so I learned a long time that as soon as you think that there's something that you desire so much that when you get it, it's going to make you feel a certain way or make you behave a certain way, you get it. And after a while, you're like, this wasn't any big deal. You know why? Because your soul is thirsting for something else. You thought it just was what you desired. You thought it was what your flesh wanted. You thought it was what your mind, your intellect wanted. But at the end of the day, it's not your mind. It's not your flesh. It's about the soul that's in you. Because remember, your soul is who you are. Your body is just the housing of who you are. Your body is just the exterior. Who you are? Your soul. And we miss it all the time, and we give the body what it wants, and we give the mind what it wants. But at the end of the day, you better feed that soul, because it's that soul that desired God. It's the soul that will spend eternity in the presence of God. It's the soul that will live for all eternity, whether it be in heaven or in hell. It's the soul that will live, and that's what you need to pay attention to. It's your soul that you need. To, 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 to desire God. And, and that's why David says, Lord, my soul, my soul thirsted for thee. My soul thirsted for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. Our soul needs Jesus. Just like the water is life to the body. Jesus is life to the soul. Just like the body needs water to survive, we need Jesus to survive. Hmm. We should have the earnest desire to come before him and enjoy his presence and favor. I don't know about you. If you've ever got into the presence of God, I think that's the only time. I know nothing. I know it's the only time. My God, somebody hear me today. I think it's the only time that I'm totally at peace. I think it's the only time where I feel like I have no need for anything. If you ever get into God's presence, if you ever get into the place where you are linked up with God, that's the only time you realize, I don't care about money. I don't care about the house I live in. I don't care about nobody else. I just care right now about me and God, about me being in His presence, about His glory surrounding me, about, Lord, the future that I have in Him. It's the only time I never think of any need. You get into the presence of God, you never think about anything else. All you can think about is, I'm in the presence of God. And all you want to do is worship Him. And all you want to do is cry. And all you want to do is cry out. And all you want to do is touch Him. And all you want to do is just give Him the glory. You don't want anything else. You don't want anyone else. You don't want nothing but just Jesus. I want somebody to think about when they was in the presence of the Lord. If you've never been in the presence, Presence, then get in the presence of God. It's the only place you go where you have no need. It's the only place you go where there's no complaining. It's the only place you go where there's complete peace. It's the only place you go 
That's why when people are consumed by the Spirit of God, they don't want to go nowhere. You don't want to go anywhere. When you begin to experience the presence of God, when you begin to experience the power of God, you don't care what's going on in church. You don't care what time is dismissed. You're just in the presence because that's all that matters at the time. Somebody hear me today. We need God. Our soul is thirsty. Our soul is crying out. You may not know it, but I'm telling you today, your soul is thirsty for Jesus. Your soul is thirsty for Jesus. And if you ever got into his presence, that's when you will recognize how deeply you needed him. That's when you'll recognize how badly you had to have him. But you got to get into his presence. you got to get into the presence of the Lord. My soul thirsts for thee, O oh God. My soul thirsts for thee. My soul thirsts for thee. You don't have to know it, but I'm telling it to you today. Your soul is thirsting for God. The loneliness that you're feeling is your soul thirsting for God. The hurt that you're experiencing is your soul thirsting for God. The disappointments you're experiencing is your soul thirsting for God. Hear me today, somebody. When you're in the presence of God, nothing matters. When you're in the presence of God, you're not thinking about anything. When you're in the presence of God, you're not thinking about what you need. You can't think about nothing but Jesus and all that we're going through, all that we're struggling with, all that we're concerned about is because our soul is thirsting for God. It's not what you want. It's not what your flesh says. It's your soul thirsting for Jesus. We're worried about everything. We're calling on God because of what we desire from a fleshly standpoint. But at the end of the day, it's your soul. God wants you to hear today. It's not your needs that your flesh is telling you. It's your soul. It's your soul that's crying out. It's your soul that's saying, God, I thirst for you. Will you drink today? Will you drink from Jesus today? God can't live. You can't quench your thirst one day a week. We can't drink water one day a week. Water, again, smart people, check me if I'm wrong. Water, help your digestive system. So, again, if the comparison is being made to someone being thirsty for water, is your soul thirsting after Jesus, then what it means is your digestive system and your soul is messed up if all you're drinking is one day a week. We already said we need eight glasses a day, depending on who you are, somewhere around there. So if that's what keeps you normally functioning, what should you do for your soul? The Bible says that this body one day will be destroyed. This is, this is flesh, and flesh don't last forever, and we still got to do things to keep up with it. But I think if we're feeding this flesh, all that we're feeding is flesh, and we're giving this flesh the water that it needs, I got to believe that the soul requires a whole lot more than eight glasses. I got to believe that the soul requires more than eight glasses a day. We need to figure out how much we need to feed the soul on Jesus every day, 
every day. How much are we taking in? Because if the body needs eight glasses, how much does the soul that's going to live for eternity? You see, the body won't live for eternity. The body won't live forever. But your soul will. How much does this soul need? How much does the soul need? I'm almost there. John chapter 7, verse 37. How much does the soul need? Since I started trying to do a little bit better with my body and feeling better, exercising, boy, it's tough. When you don't, once you, <laughs> once you know what it feels like, once you know what it feels like to, 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 to be more healthy in your body, you desire to stay that way. Once you know, I messed up this week. I said I needed was to take my exercise clothes to general conference so I can exercise in the morning. You feel so much better. It feels so much better when you exercise, when you drink your water and you eat properly. You feel so much better. And when you don't, you can tell, oh, man, something slipped here. I need to go back. I need to go back. And you know it. I'm telling you, somebody, if you get a taste of God, oh, my God, Psalms 34 verse 8 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about today because you haven't tasted. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about today because you never had him. You never drank from that well. You never had him, so you don't know. But I'm telling you today, taste and see that the Lord is good. For once you get a taste of him, uh, you will know uh, that you want a taste of him all the time. Uh, You will desire him all the time. Uh, You will long for him all the time. Uh, But you got to taste and see. Psalms 37, Psalm 7, I mean John 7, verse 37 says, in the last day, the great day of the feast. Talking about the feast, Jerusalem, eat and drink. I'm not going to get into that. But my point is, at any feast, there's a lot of eating and drinking going on. A lot of eating and drinking, on, drinking going on at the feast. And this says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Oh, somebody help me here today. They was drinking there. They were eating there. Who in the world would have been thirsty at a feast? Who in the world is thirsty when you're having a good time? When you go to the cookout and they got enough water and they got enough soda and they got enough juice and they got enough food. Who is going to be thirsty or hungry at the feast? Nobody. But Jesus... He's so just the opposite of our world and who we are. That would have been crazy to go preach to stand up and say, all right, if anybody thirsts, preacher, if you don't sit down, you see we having a good time here, we eating and drinking. If anybody thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. That's obvious. 
that he wasn't talking about natural water now. Come on, somebody, give God some praise here. God is good. He wasn't just talking about just the regular water now. See, God knows how to do it. He starts from the beginning. He starts from when we weren't spiritual, but we was living by the law, and he would bring us all the way into now living by the grace of God and the Spirit of God. He says, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Somebody say it's time to drink. If you are thirsty, you need to come to Jesus and drink. The water that Jesus is offering today is not natural water. Natural water is for your body. We've already been through that. The water that Jesus is offering today is different from the water that we talked about. It's different from the water that the body needs. Jesus is talking about a different kind of water. Look at Numbers chapter 20. Let me, you know, I got to always teach you something before I get out of my, get out of the way. I don't know if I said anything that you said, oh, I didn't know that. So I learned something, but you're going to really learn something here and you'll have the scripture to prove it. Numbers chapter 20, verse 8 says, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts the drink. Again, that, that comparison of natural water is so important. Not only that we need water for our bodies and we can't go too long without water as, as opposed to food. We need water also for our animals. We need water for our crop. No water, we dead. We can't live without water. So we need water for ourselves. We need water to feed our animals. We need water to, uh, to, to water our plants. No water, we're just in trouble. We're bankrupt with no water. But you, that comparison. We're bankrupt spiritually with no Jesus. We're bankrupt without him. We're bankrupt if we're not drinking from him. So he told Moses, take the rod and go before the assembly, you and your brother Aaron, and speak to the rock before their eyes. So Moses did what the Lord had said. Verse 9. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Hmm. A lot going on here. And Moses lift up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. A lot's going on here. A lot's going on here. First of all, understand this. Moses disobeyed God, and God still took care of his people. God told Moses, speak to the rock, Moses. Moses smote the rock. He hit it, bam, bam. But God still allowed water to come because don't no man control God's business. 
No, no man going to have no say-so over God's business. God's business is his business, and his people is his business. And when he say, Moses, speak to the rock so water can come out, Moses was frustrated by the people. <laughs> oh, God. There was a time where when the people frustrated Moses, you know what Moses says? Lord, just take me, but don't mess with them. There was a time where Moses was ready to give his life for the people. But then he started letting people get to him. And when the people got to him, he disobeyed God. As leaders, pastors, if people are getting to you, quit being a leader, quit being a pastor. Because you're going to pay a big price. Because God will not tolerate you leading his people and abusing them. So he told Moses, to do something, Moses did something. So you said, okay, that's how you want to play it, Moses? Okay, I got you. Water's going to come out because I love my people and they're going to heaven and I'm going to take care of them. But you disobedient Moses, I know what to do with you. The Bible says when Moses died, he still had a lot of strength to lead the people. Said he still has his natural force and his eyes wasn't dim. Moses was still fit and ready to go. But God took him. He died. God said, you got to go. You're not leading my people. Let's get the next man up. Next man up. Next man came and started leading the people because God will not allow any leader, and I'm talking about leader of all level, to abuse his people. He just won't tolerate it. He just won't tolerate it. So he moved Moses out of the way, and he brought um, um, Joshua in. All because Moses allowed the people. When I start letting you get me frustrated, I'm going to say, y'all need somebody else to start pastoring y'all because I'm not going to let y'all frustrate me. Because my frustration means it, my time is up. That's what it means. It, that's really what it means. When you start getting frustrated, your time is up. You want me to give you an example from the, from the, from the natural? Evangela, give you the natural. Check it out. She didn't want me to come mess with her. You know I'm messing with everybody. So when it's time for you to stop having kids and you don't stop, it's different. Don't be quiet on me. God give you a certain amount of time for childbearing. And once that time is up, it ain't going to be the same trying to lead children as when you was fully ready to have children. The natural always got to do with the spiritual. And children in the church is like children and the pastor is like the spiritual father. If you're the spiritual father and you can't teach your children with discipline and love and tenderness and gentleness, and get out of the business. Natural and spiritual. Now, I don't know what the age is and all that stuff. I'm not touching all that. I'm just saying to you, when your time is up, stop it. And if in the natural, it's time to stop having children, don't have them. They're going to drive you crazy. And it's the same thing as a pastor. If your time is up, let somebody else pastor them because they will drive you crazy. <laughs> oh, I love y'all. You're going to learn something you come to this church. <laughs> You're going to learn something, and you'll have the right reference to draw from it so you understand what's really happening. Because God has helped me to understand. Now it goes both ways. You ain't supposed to have children before the time either. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all now. You're not supposed to have children before the time, because they're going to drive you crazy then, too. 
It's a time for everything. It's a season for everything. So if you're too young to have them, they'll drive you crazy. And if you're too old to have them, they'll drive you crazy. You've got to operate in your season. Moses operated in the season. When the season was up, God showed him, your season up, boy. You're getting frustrated. You're beating the rock. I told you to speak to the rock. Get out of the way. You're not going to abuse my people. Lord, help me. And so Moses struck the rock, but water still came out anyway because God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. Yes, yes, yes. He ain't going to let nobody mess up his stuff. So he says, ye that is thirsty, come and drink. And so now the Lord is not talking about natural water, but he's talking about spiritual water. Anybody know what the spiritual water is? The living water Jesus is talking about is the Holy Ghost. It's, he's talking about the Holy Ghost. Everyone who thirsts after Jesus, everyone that seek after Jesus, uh, everyone that says, Lord, my soul is thirsty for you. Uh, he said, those that thirst will be filled. And if you thirst after God, he will give you to drink. Uh, but in this case, no longer it's natural water because you know how to take your own thirst. Uh, what you need today is the Holy Ghost uh, to quench that thirst uh, that is in your soul. Uh, your soul is crying out uh, and the soul is crying out for the Holy Ghost now some of you have the Holy Ghost and you're still thirsty you know why because you're not allowing the Holy Ghost to flow let me let me read some more for you in in John chapter 4 verse 13 dot 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 whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again if you drink of natural water, you'll be thirsty again because your body is burning. Things are happening. And so you're going to need more water to replace the water that's coming out of your body. So if you drink of natural water, you will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. When you have the Holy Ghost and you allow the Holy Ghost to spring up in you, you will drink of that and you will thirst no more and it will give you life and it will keep you balanced and it will keep you all healthy. But the Holy Ghost must spring up in you and you must drink. Many of us have the Holy Ghost. Many of us speak in tongues, but we're not allowing the Holy Ghost to spring up in us and because of that, we're still thirsty. Our soul is still crying out uh, because we're not allowing the Holy Ghost to spring up in us. We're supposed to activate the Holy Ghost, Brother Clark. And the only way the Holy Ghost gets moving uh, and springing up is because we're feeding the Holy Ghost. Wellspring. We need it to spring up in us. The Holy Ghost is the water for our soul. In verse 39, it says, But this spake he of the Spirit, capital S, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that, was, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Nobody received the Holy Ghost until Jesus ascended to heaven. You want to know why people didn't have the Holy Ghost in the time when Jesus walked the earth? Because while he was there, they didn't need the Holy Ghost. He was there in physical and spiritual presence. But when Jesus ascended, he said, if you're going to have me, 
while I'm not there is going to be by my spirit. Now you understand that the Holy Ghost is like water to the body. It's water to the soul. That's what it is. The Holy Ghost, the importance water have in our physical and natural life is the same importance or more that the Holy Ghost will have on our soul. And for people to think that they can live for God without the Holy Ghost, they're deceived. Try living in this world without water. Next time somebody say you don't need the Holy Ghost, just tell them back. Just say, all right, well, keep living. Try living in this world without drinking water. That's all you tell them. You don't need the Holy Ghost. Okay, then I want you to keep living, but don't drink water no more. See what happens. Because that's what it is. I'm finished. It is pitiful not to recognize the abundance we have in Christ. The abundance we have in the Holy Ghost. When you allow the Holy Ghost to just possess you, you will begin to experience abundance of blessing. You will begin to experience abundance of satisfaction. But you got to let the Holy Ghost have you. The Holy Ghost got to work in you. It's time to drink. And so when we don't recognize the abundance that the Holy Ghost has, we discount our blessing instead of depending on Christ's constant provision. We foolishly crave that we do not need instead of trusting God to determine what we really need. We keep telling ourselves we know what we need. You need the Holy Ghost to spring up in you. We lean on the comforts of this life and our personal gratification instead of looking to eternal destiny that Christ has promised. And I got one final scripture and I'm done. Revelation 7 verse 17. Revelation 7 verse 17. Revelation 7 verse 17 and I'm going to close here. Verse 17 says for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. What does that mean? Once you get to heaven, you won't need the Holy Ghost. You won't need the Holy Ghost because the Bible says that we will be like him. Whatever Jesus is, when you finally make the trip and you get to heaven, you're going to be just like him. You don't need nothing else. And so everything that you're going through, it will be worth it because you'll be just like him. And as you know, he don't need nothing, but he sustains everything. So when you become just like him, you won't need nothing, but you'll be able to sustain yourself. That's what happens when we finally get to heaven. It's a journey that we're on, and we must press and fight to get to heaven. But we got to respond to that thirsty soul that's in you. Whether you acknowledge that your soul is thirsty or not, your soul is thirsty. You need to drink from the Holy Ghost. You need to let the Holy Ghost spring up in you. Let him fill you with his spirit and continuously spring up in you. Because without the wellspring springing up in you, you're thirsty, 
you're dehydrated, and you're on your way to death spiritually. It's time to drink. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to look to God and say, God, I need your spirit in me. I want to be filled completely with your spirit so I can drink constantly. And those of us that have the Holy Ghost, that's not drinking, we need to change that. It's time to really desire and really long for and really go after God. For him to fill us. For him to, 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 to quench our thirst. Because if we don't, we're going to find ourselves in a place. Lost. Dry. Thirsty. It's time to drink. Will you stand it's time to drink it's time to quench your thirst it's time to go after Jesus I pray to God that somebody heard something today that they will allow to help them to change their life you can voluntarily Trust God. Seek after Him. Or at some point in time, you're going to find yourself scrapping. Got a lot of problems you got to deal with. And when those things come sometimes, they're not there to destroy you. They're there to help you. But some of us fall under pressure. There's many of us that fall under pressure. But God didn't allow that, that, that storm to come your way to cause you to fold up under pressure. He allowed the storm to come to drive you towards Him so He can take care of you. So the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, will quench your thirst. I don't want to wait. Maybe that's why I'm always doing it this way. I, I don't want for God to have to send some storm my way. Brother Teddy, I don't want it. Because I, I, I just get real concerned if I'm going to be able to handle it. I don't know which one of the storm can come and break me. And I find myself so far away from God that I don't know how to get back. So I try my best that when God says something to me, I try to do it. Just so I don't have to deal with the consequences if I don't. Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, will somebody this morning, this afternoon, just talk to God for two minutes. Call on his name and ask him to quench your thirst. Ask him to let the wellspring spring up in you. We got to get the spring to spring up in us. I don't want to die. I don't want to stay dry and thirsty. But I want this wellspring to spring up in me. <laughs> I want the spring to spring up in me and to quench my thirst. That thirst that my soul has. That thirst that I need to quench. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here today. That God, they will surrender to you. That they will realize that by, by, by going out of their way to reach you. By, by, by not allowing their flesh to dictate what they do. But to allow the soul that's in them to drive them towards you. That they will, God, seek after you and go after you, Lord Jesus. I pray today that somebody, somebody, somebody will call on the name of the Lord today. That you will not allow your pride 
that you will not allow your flesh, that you will not allow your thoughts and your history and your past to dictate how you pursue after God. But will you lay aside everything that's in your life, your history, your past, your pride, lay it aside and say, God, I will pursue you and I want you to quench this thirst that I have in me, that I have in my soul. I will not allow anything to get in my way. God, just like the deer seek after the water brook, just like the deer go where he has to go and do what he has to do to get water. I pray that somebody in this place today will go after the Lord. Somebody will pursue you, Lord. Somebody will say, God, I will pursue you and do whatsoever it takes, whatsoever necessary to drink of that wellspring. That my soul will be fed. That my soul will drink. That my soul, Almighty God, will be filled with you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, will somebody talk to the Lord just for one moment? Just for a moment, just talk to the Lord. Just unload yourself to the Lord. You and Him, personal and private, just begin to talk to Him. Be obedient to Him, and you will see that God will fill your soul. He will quench your thirst. He will help you to get back to a place where you are healthy again in your soul. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the one that will quench your thirst. That spiritual thirst you have, that thirst that your soul has, Jesus says, I can quench that thirst. I can quench that thirst. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yes. Sing that song. I don't know about you today, but God alone is my heart's desire. God alone is my heart's desire. When I'm in his presence, I need nothing. When I'm in his presence, nothing else matters. When I'm in him, nothing else matters. Everything is about him. Jesus, Jesus, move us and get us back to a place where we can be in you. Get us back to a place, Lord God, where we can be in your presence. Get us back to a place, Lord God, where we will reverence your presence, where we will worship you spontaneously, where we will worship you in our home, in our car, on our job, wherever we go, that we will just worship you because we thirst so much for you. And that the Holy Ghost will be a wellspring, spring it up and quenching that thirst. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence. 
Lord, we love you. Lord, we need you more than we understand that we need you. We need you more than we understand that we need you. Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Somebody worship the Lord. Don't let anybody interfere with you and your God. Don't let any circumstance interfere with you and your God. Don't let nothing get in your way. God means more to you than water means to the body. God means more to you than anything else. Don't let anyone interfere. Don't let anything get in the way. Don't let anything stop you. But worship your God. Love Him. Reach out to Him. Cry out to Him. Let Him fill your soul. Let Him fill your soul. Come on, will you lift your hands today? Just lift your hand and just say, God, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I lift my hands to thee and I worship you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus, I worship you. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I try to tell you today. Today and moving forward, whether you feel like it or you don't, I'm telling you, your soul wants Jesus. Your soul wants God. Your soul wants His Spirit to move in your life. Whether you feel like it or you don't, today, later on, 
throughout the week, I'm telling you, obey him. Seek after him. Read your Bible if you don't feel like it. Pray if you don't feel like it. Lift your hands and worship him when you don't feel like it. Obey his word even when you don't feel like it. Because you're feeding your soul. Your soul is drinking when you do that. Don't wait for you to feel like it. If we wait for feelings, it won't work for us. If we wait for our bodies to say it's dehydrated, we are already dehydrated. So don't wait for feelings. Just do it. Just do it. This world is working hard on you, trying to get you to go to work the ways of the world and forget about God. Trying to get you to be religious and forget about God. Pray if you don't feel like it. Worship God if you don't feel like it. Read your Bible if you don't feel like it. Love people and treat them right if you don't feel like it. Do what God said to do even when you don't feel like it. Every day, more than one time a day, do the thing that the Bible says even when you don't feel like it. You're feeding your soul. You're feeding your soul. You're feeding your soul. Your soul is thirsty and it's drinking when you do that. Amen. Will you stand? We're going to pray in this minute.